Hi there. Welcome to the Health Analytic Insights Podcast. This podcast is all about creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about the field of health informatics. I hope to share information and advice in topics such as health analytics, digital health, biomedical engineering, and data visualization in healthcare. And in exchange, I would love to hear from you, dear listener, about your experience and interest in this field. You can drop me a line at healthanalyticinsights at gmail.com. And this email, along with any references discussed during this podcast, will be listed in the show notes below. If this resonates with you, don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast, as I'll be releasing new episodes bi-weekly. Without further ado, let's get into it. Though the health informatics field is a fairly new field, and therefore it can be difficult for undergraduates or new grads to apply for job opportunities and internships. In this podcast episode, I hope to break down some entry-level roles that uh, new grads can apply to straight away out of their studies in the field of health informatics and some of the skills that are required for these entry-level positions. So if you're in undergrad now and you're looking to get a jumpstart on your career, perhaps you can do a deep dive into some of these skills and get prepared. So when it comes to entry-level roles, uh, the main places that I would advise people to look at when it comes to entry roles in the health informatics field could be government health research organizations. For example, in Canada, we have Health Canada and also the Canadian Institute for Health Information. Another area you can apply to are electronic health record vendors or electronic medical record vendors. And some of the most popular healthcare vendors are Epic, Cerner, Meditech, Allscripts, and GE Healthcare. A word of caution for this, sometimes it can be difficult to get a entry-level position from these vendors because they have to sponsor you and train them in their tool. But there are um, cases where students will be hired right out of university to be trained as an Epic analyst, for instance. And it's a great opportunity because then you can go and work in many different hospitals with that background knowledge. So I would look at government healthcare research organizations, electronic medical record or electronic health record vendors. And in third place, I would also look at our hospitals, specifically if they have a clinical decision support department, because this is where you'll find a lot of analytic positions that fall into the realm of health informatics. And lastly, if you're interested in applying to positions where you might be able to use machine learning and medicine, consider applying to healthcare startups, where you might be able to flex your R or Python skills, um, you know, working on projects like using natural language processing to decode clinical notes. So I would also consider looking at healthcare startups if you're really interested in the field of AI and medicine. So with entry-level roles, you'll not be expected to know everything and there will be a lot of on-the-job training. And hopefully you'll be able to have a really strong manager who will be able to kind of guide you and teach you about the organization's structure and overall culture. So the first entry-level role that I want to dive into that you might be able to find on LinkedIn or Indeed are the roles of the system analyst, and it can also be titled as the clinical decision support analyst. So these are two entry-level roles that you can search into LinkedIn and Indeed 
and see some of the technical skills that you would be required to have. So in this podcast episode, I'm going to go over some of the technical and soft skills that are required for the the position as a system analyst or a clinical decision support analyst, because having both of these skills are equally important to represent a well-balanced employee. So the role of the system analyst or clinical decision support analyst. So the system analyst can fall under a position within the information system department or information technology department, or they can be a part of the business intelligence or business analyst department. It really depends on the organization and how they structure their workplace. But oftentimes the system analysts will work on analyzing and maintaining health data. And part of your role might include carrying out statistical analysis, building reports and dashboards, and writing SQL queries to extract insights from the data, which can answer specific questions that clinical users might have. Also, it's important to be knowledgeable about the privacy policies within your organization when dealing with health data and how it's being shared externally or internally. So some of the technical skills that you might need to acquire to be successful in the role of a system analyst or clinical decision support analyst would be data visualization skills using tools such as Power BI, Tableau, Click, Excel, etc. And building reports and dashboards, although the concept, once you get the hang of it, is not too complex, the intricacies lie on the soft skills sort of side. So finding ways to communicate your data insights to users, ensuring that you're gathering requirements and making sure that you're keeping users in the loop when it comes to building these reports and dashboards to ensure that your final product will actually be used is really key. In addition, you might have to do a lot of training with clinical users on how to use the reports and dashboards and how to properly manipulate the data. So strong presentation skills might be necessary to be successful in the role of a system analyst or clinical decision support analyst. Therefore, if this role of a system analyst or clinical decision support analyst sounds of interest to you, you might ask yourself, what can I do today to prepare for this role? So if you're not already done so, I would consider taking a statistics course. It'll be beneficial to understand that how to run certain common statistical tests and how to compare and make sure that your data is significant. If you want to go one step forward, even consider, you know, taking a biostatistics course. The second thing that you could do is download a data visualization tool. If you're not sharing reports, I believe that you can download Power BI desktop for free in the Microsoft store. And you can play around with the tool. Just bring in, you know, open source data sets and see how you can start building charts and reports and consider even giving a presentation of your reports and dashboards to, you know, friends and colleagues to, again, practice those presentation skills and make sure that you can explain your insights to people with a wide range of background. You might be explaining your insights to people with a strong technical background, but no clinical background or a strong clinical background, but no tech background. So you really have to be able to tailor your information and communicate very well. Thirdly, I would consider building up your soft skills in terms of presentation, as I have alluded to. Um, Consider programs such as Toastmasters to develop your public speaking skills and consider finding ways to become more organized. This role can have you pulled in several different directions and you might be building reports and dashboards for various different departments within the hospital. Consider downloading organizational tools such as Microsoft Planner or Trello and start getting into the habit of juggling multiple projects and multiple deadlines. 
And I would definitely look into how you can beef up your project management skills. As you might have to lead meetings, carry out interviews to see how users are interacting with your reports and dashboards and how you can incorporate and integrate that feedback into building a better product. So as a system analyst or clinical decision support analyst, in order to progress with your career in the health informatics field, it's really important to keep up with both the technical side of your organization, so the structure of the data warehouse, database management, understanding the ETL process, and also the clinical side of your organization, so understanding clinical terminology, having conversations with clinicians in your field, and keeping up as best as you can with changing medical practices. So some tips for this include, you know, joining professional societies in the field of health informatics, reading publications in your field, practicing your tech skills by using websites such as uh, sqlzoo.net, taking online courses, attending professional conferences, listening to podcasts like this one, and subscribing to health informatics newsletters. So the role of a system analyst or clinical decision support analyst is rewarding and is expected to rapidly grow as technology and healthcare continues to develop in the future, but it does require persistence and continuous learning to succeed. So I hope I've given you a good overview of these entry-level roles that you can apply to right now on LinkedIn or Indeed, and some tips on how you can prepare if you're in school right now and are looking to find an internship or co-op. So the other two entry-level roles I want to discuss in the field of health informatics are the methodologist or the epidemiologist. So these two entry-level roles can be focused on more of the research arm of the healthcare field. And again, I would consider applying to government organizations which deal with healthcare data, labs, startups, healthcare startups, when it comes to looking for entry-level roles. So methodologists or epidemiologists can be focused on designing clinical experiments and trials. For instance, if your organization collects healthcare data, which a system analyst or clinical decision support analyst would be analyzing and taking the lead over, and an external organization wants to use this data to design an experiment, well, this is where the role of the methodologist or epidemiologist would come into play. So you might be the one overseeing the clinical trial and designing the survey, and so you really need to have, again, a very strong statistical background. So as a methodologist or epidemiologist, it might be a part of your job to implement and evaluate methods for sampling, collecting, processing, and analyzing your organization's healthcare data. And individuals both from within your organization or outside of your organization might come to you directly with a research question they need to answer. And it's up to you to design how you will collect the data, need to answer the research question. This might fall under, you know, creating a questionnaire or survey. You'll be responsible for understanding what sample size would be relevant to the experiment and how you'll follow up with participants. And once you get the results, the methodologist or epidemiologist will analyze the results and then communicate that back to clinician. So people in this field really need both statistical and data analytical skills to be successful. And a potential career progression from the methodologist or epidemiologist could be a medical or clinical data scientist. So again, some of the technical skills you might need to acquire, and this might be taught on the job, or you could obtain these skills in, during your schooling through a co-op or internship, might be expertise in skills such as Excel, biostatistics, SPSS, R, and SAS. So if the role of you know, the methodologist or epidemiologist sounds interesting to you, what you might want to do today is you know, take a course in statistics 
or biostatistics. There's many of these online courses on Coursera. It takes some courses in survey data collection and analytics. I'll leave some possible courses in the show notes below. And then, you know, really start programming in R or Python. And most of the organizations that I have been exposed to use R or SAS, um, but again, it varies on the organization. And consider building your own clinical business intelligence project. And so I talk about um, how you can build your own clinical business intelligence project to really get your foot in the door when it comes to getting a job in the health informatics field in episode seven of the Health Analytic Insights podcast titled No Experience, How to Break into Health Informatics. And in that episode, I really break down step-by-step how you can build your own clinical business intelligence project. And so I suggest listening to that and really start breaking in and understanding R by creating your own project with a clinical focus. So when it comes to progressing your career in the areas of methodologist or an epidemiologist, again, you might have to do a lot of self-learning, looking for opportunities outside of work to, you know, attend conferences and joining professional organizations to keep up with the constant change of technology involved with the field of health informatics, specifically if you're interested in, you know, merging AI and healthcare. So I hope this content has been helpful to those who are interested in the field of health informatics and are looking for entry-level roles that they can apply to today. I definitely, you know, go into LinkedIn, go into Indeed, um, type in system analyst, clinical decision support analyst, methodologist, epidemiologist, and take a look at not only people who have these titles and the skills that they have and the certifications that they have, but also look at job descriptions and look at the skills required for these. And, you know, really try and beef up your resume by doing self-learning and attending relevant conferences to grow your network. Again, I would focus my search on, you know, hospitals, healthcare startups, EMR or EHR vendors, and government organizations that specialize with healthcare data. So best of luck on your job search, and I would love to hear from you at healthanalyticinsights at gmail.com. Were these tips helpful? What are you struggling with? And if you're working in the field currently, I would love to interview you on the podcast and hear about your career progression, how you got from an entry-level role to a mid-level role to a senior-level role. Thank you and have a wonderful day.